Welcome back to Raider Cop Nation. I'm your host, Alpha Mike. Today's episode, we are talking about school resource officers and the importance of them. Of course, we have our superhero, and that is the cop, which is going to be on the program today. School resource officer, what the public believes they do versus what they are doing, has that changed since the Parkland shooting where 17 kids were killed at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Broward County. And we will talk with the cop, and he will bring that experience to us. But before we get into that, how do you get in contact with us? It's always a question, and that is RaiderCopNation.com. Just scroll down to the bottom. The icons pop up, Instagram. Um, what do you call that other thing? Twitter, Facebook, so-and-so. They're all there. You can get in contact with us and have a relationship with Raider Cop Nation. Tell us what you think, what you want to see, what you want to hear, and we will definitely put that together for you because we're all about the listener. All right, it's time for the Leadership Quote of the Week. A teacher's affects eternity. He can never tell where his influence stops. Henry Adams. And as always, we like to bring you those leadership quotes because we want to motivate you, uplift you, and keep you in that mindset that you're here to learn. You will not listen to this program for 50, 55, 60 minutes and say, what? You have to take something back with you. Now, before we get into the subject at hand, which is a school resource officer, it is an important concept, and we know that. We want to remind you that you have to build up spiritually, too. That's why we've created A Wall Monday on Test Everything 1521. Where do you get 15, Test Everything 1521? Well, you go to Raider Cop Nation. And there's a section there that says Test Everything. Tap on that. That will bring you to our current show that broadcast every Monday. You know, Warriors on Sunday and when AWOL on Monday to bring you back to keep your focus on the true mission that God has for you. That team up with the, the God that's going to partner with you and never fail. That's why we encourage you to listen to AWOL Monday on Test Everything 1521. Of course, you can reach Test Everything 1521 on Twitter as well. And the handle there is Test Every 1521. Got to bring up that spiritual. You can't, don't be hoodwinked that all you need is a couple of gun classes and you're ready to go out there. You got, you got to get into the spiritual realm as well. Today, we are going to talk about the subject of school resource officer. So let's hit it. Our school resource officer started in the mid to late 1950s, believe it or not, 
in Flint, Michigan. And the concept or the premise of the core group that they were doing was for police officers to network with the, the youth in schools. And as a result, they created that resource officer that would, during their time of duty, start networking with kids in school. And uh, as we know that it has grown into what it is today, its humble beginnings in the late 1950s in Flint, Michigan to today has been astronomical. And the benefits, can we really look at data to see how that's affected youth? No, we really can't. We can go on a lot of stories, though, and I'm sure that having a police officer in the school has influenced a lot of kids that have grown up to be productive citizens. Nevertheless, the concept of school resource officer, maybe the original concept, is still there, but it has turned into a security one now more than ever. For this show and to give us a better understanding on school resource officers, we've invited the one and lonely, our superhero, the cop. And as always, we have our superhero guest, the cop. Welcome back to the program, my friend. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate you having me on, my brother. It's always a pleasure. We always are happy and joyful when you can spare time out of your busy patrol to come on the program. Today, we're talking about school resource officers, and I know that you have a lot of knowledge on that area. And so my first question uh, to you is what is the importance of a school resource officer? Well, school school resource officers, it, it, basically, the way that I, I like to describe it to people is, you got you got schools that have anywhere between a thousand to two thousand kids. It's it's the size of a small community. That school resource officer is the police department in that school for that day, and the 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 school resource program works on the triad system where of course a lot of people have this mentality that the police officer is there to make arrests all the time that's just one small part you know they're they're there to teach they're there to mentor and of course they're there to enforce laws they're not there to enforce school rules they're not there to enforce school policy they're just there to make sure that the kids are safe and the staff is safe it's a, it's a very important uh, position in the police department because you're constantly building relationships um, with the community, the surrounding communities of the school. And at the end of the day, kids learn more when they feel safe. So I believe that the average kid sees that guy in uniform, he, they, they feel safe because that guy's there and they're gonna focus more on learning than having to worry about, okay, what's going to come to that door and hurt me. Yeah. So it's a very important position. 
Yeah, make an excellent point. You know, a lot, the media really played into that incident that happened in Parkland. Thousands yes. of millions of kids all over the country saw that, and that does play in the back of their mind. Now, with the question of Parkland and the uh, that happened in Broward County recently, 17 kids were killed. In that unfortunate incident, has the duties of a school resource officer changed? Well, it it it, it hasn't in my in my area it has not. Now we have added some other, we've added some additional training for school staff. Now the school staff goes through um, active shooter training, which is called mindset, and that's basically designed to empower the staff and, and give them the confidence to effectively respond to an active shooters. So basically we, we, we show teachers that they've got options. They got the options to run, hide, barricade, or fight. Um, and we put them through a program to, that they could understand that an active shooter does not mean you're gonna die. An active shooter doesn't mean you automatically run out the back door. There's other options to do that. And then um, we added another program that's called Stop the Bleed, which basically gives teachers, staff, even the janitor, the ability to help stop life-threatening bleeding if somebody wants to get hit with a bullet or gets to get stabbed. It's not just meant for active shooters. I mean, you got a kid in the, in, in the playground that slices his leg on, on, on a piece of metal or a piece of glass it gives the teachers that skill set to be able to stop that bleed until medical assistance gets it. Um, and and we, we have typically um, the police officers were training twice a year on active shooter training. I think now we're up to about four or five times a year yeah. that we're training uh, on how to, you know, seek the threat and quickly uh, um, take care of the threat without causing further injury or life, a loss of life to, to staff and students. So has it changed? No, it, 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 it just made, I think it just made the, the, the school environment, uh, school districts, the community more aware of the need of the school resource officer. And it's given us now more tools in our belts that we could, we, we could give to them more training, um, and more accessibility to the school resource program. Yeah, excellent point, and 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 especially with the drilling, I, you know, training, training, training is perfection. So you can't get enough yes. of that. So that that is an excellent concept of better training. Uh, recently, Mr. Andrew Pollock, and he was his daughter died in Parkland. Um, and he's been an advocate for school security and really proactive in that. Uh, one of the stances he took that, you know, gun control wasn't the answer. The answer is stopping uh, the bad guy with the gun, not taking the good guy's gun. And now recently he's been on a canine program where he wants to introduce uh, dogs, trained dogs from eight to nine weeks on attacking a possible shooter in a school and the dog would be highly trained and only concentrate on the active shooter. Little controversy. Of course, politicians are scared of change 
And so this has been a slow roll. I know he has at least two schools in New Jersey that have signed into this, but for all the schools that are in the nation, his percentages are very low right now, and it may pick up for him. Do you think that this would be a good idea? I think, in, in theory, is a good idea. Um, you know, police officers right now are, are using canines um, for not for um, to help remove and identify illegal narcotics and firearms within the schools. Um, I, I believe it, it has a purpose. Um, if there's an active shooter situation, um, if that dog is trained to locate and apprehend the active shooter, uh, again. There is some liability involved. Um, obviously, this is a biting dog. It's not just a, 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 a dog for narcotics and firearms. Traditionally, in, in the schools, they use Labradors, um, which are more friendly to uh, the school's population. They're not biting dogs. They're there um, for narcotics and firearms. So... Now, when when this type of this type of dog has to have a certain temperament, which I don't know if it's a good idea to have around children. Um, again, it all boils down to money. You cannot put a, a, a price on the safety of our kids. So I'm not even going to go there. But I know for politicians and and school boards are thinking of insurance costs or thinking of the cost. The, the, the start-off fee to, for a dog is, is enormous. And then the maintenance of that, that dog is also very costly. Um, is it a good idea? I, I think it has its place. I don't think we're there yet. Um, I think we have to do more research on it, more training. Um, I, think, I think we should have more dogs available to us for the narcotic and firearms um, detection aspect of it. I don't think we have enough of those out there. Um, so I'm kind of on the fence about this one, Alex. I, it, it, it's in theory, I think it would be great if you could just show that dog how to seek out that bad guy with the gun. But as you and I know, dogs can't see color. They don't know whether that guy has a uniform or doesn't have a uniform. So, um, just think of the scenario where you have an active shooter and you got police officers walking in the door. If that dog's just focusing on that gun, is he going to attack the police officer? Because all he's focusing is on that gun. So there's a lot of what ifs on this one. Yeah. It is a little controversial. Andrew Pollock's heart is in the right place. Uh, I have to give him kudos because he's going out 110% in his daughter's memory. So he's fighting back each and every day. So my heart goes out to him, but it is a controversial subject and that's a, a huge mountain he has to climb. Now, recently politicians have come up with the concept of teachers carrying guns. I know that the sheriff of Paul County has a program called the Sentinel where the sheriff's office actually teaches uh, teachers how to shoot and a little bit higher standard than the average police officer. Do you believe arming teachers is a good idea? No, I do not. I definitely do not. I think teachers should teach 
Um, police officers are highly trained warriors. Um, they go through hours and hours and hundreds and thousands of hours, in my case, of tactical training. Um, and our school resource program uh, and the jurisdiction I work in, we have um, school resource officers who are SWAT members. You're not going to get more highly trained guys than that. Um, we got um, members on our on our school resource unit, which are formal detectives. Are I mean, they have a vast amount of experience. Where a teacher is just that as a teacher. Um, you know, you give a teacher a gun and you give them a hundred hours of training. Um, that gun could become a problem. I mean, it. it, it <sighs> It, 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 it could be misused. It could be accidentally lost. Um, uh, how, how many situations have we seen? And again, this is a small percentage because I, I, I love our teachers. Our teachers are very professional. I don't think they're getting paid enough to do what they do. But now you're, you're, new, you're new to carrying a gun on school grounds and you lose your patience with one of these knucklehead kids. Yeah. That's gonna that could go wrong really quickly. Um, so I would say no. I'm I'm all for the Second Amendment. I think we should all. That's a right that we have as Americans. But to, to give a teacher a gun and tell them you're responsible to go towards the sound of fire, it takes a special person to do that. Yeah. It, it really does. And police officers, for the most part, because um, we didn't see that in Parkland. But for the most part, um, we're all trained to go after that ball, to go after that bad guy with the gun, to go towards the sound of fire. We're trained to do that. We train, train, and train to do that. A hundred hours and a teacher is not enough. Now, here's an example. In North Carolina, they're dual certifying teachers as police officers and teachers. So they're getting teachers, putting them through um the academy, and they're giving them a 5% raise. Now, you got to ask yourself, it's 5% worth going towards gunshots. Oh, 5% raise, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's just not because it's, you know, so it, it doesn't work. I think teachers have their place. I won't, I, you know, you and I have heard um, this probably most of our career. We, uh, from other people, we don't want your job. We couldn't do your job. I can tell you right now, I couldn't be a teacher. I don't have the patience to be a teacher. I could not be a teacher. I think that, I think that's, a, that's one of the hardest jobs, if not the hardest job that's out there right now. Um, they don't get paid enough. I have a lot of respect for them. But should they be given the responsibility to be given a gun and be told, okay, you're here to protect the kids, not just teach. I don't think I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, it introduces a different dynamic to everything. And I know in my career, we had the call out. You know, citizen called in a public bathroom. The gun was found. You arrive to the scene. You grab the gun. You run the serial number, and it comes back to one of the guys in your agency. That's mm -hmm. happened. I've seen it. So. Oh, yeah, and I've seen it, too. You know, it, it, it boils down to politics and money, you know, because right now in my area, uh, you got certain school board members that are thinking about getting rid of uh, police officers. 
and hiring armed security guards. Well, when you hire an armed security guard under the under the state mandate of the Guardian program, you're still having to call 911. You're still having to deal with because the security guard can't sit there and detain a, a guy, a, a, a kid in handcuffs. Right. A security guard can't take the kid to jail. A security guard cannot take the kid to get evaluated for mental health issues. Um, so you're still having to call the police department to respond to your school. And we deal with so many aspects, not just security. We deal with mental health issues. We deal with threats of violence. We deal with all these issues that a security guard is not equipped to do it. But again, it boils down to money. They're looking at, okay, I'll pay this individual $12, $15 an hour to carry a gun and sit in the school. Yeah. It doesn't work. It doesn't work because you're going to have to respond. An SRO handles so many situations within that eight-hour span of his day or her day. And you're going to have to be constantly calling 911 to respond to that school. When you could have that resource there to, for the duration of the school day, every day, all the time, ready to act, ready to do their job without having to call 911 and wait for that delay. Because if you got a person in that school that's out of control, those five or ten minutes seems like a lifetime. Yeah, they do. But when you have that police officer there on campus, they, they could address that threat. That's priceless. Again, when people tell me about, well, the money, how do you put a price on our kids' safety? You can't. You can't. You cannot put a price on that. Pay whatever you got to pay to keep these kids safe. Yeah, I, I agree. As always, the audience is blessed by having your knowledge uh, on this forum and educating the, the listener on, especially this subject, school resource. It's a touchy subject. A lot of people really don't understand what a school resource officer does or can do. You have shed a lot of light on that, so we thank you for your for your busy time to come on the program and share your wisdom with us. Well, as always, thank you for having me, and God bless our first responders and 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 and, and Lou of our show today and our teachers that are out there doing a phenomenal job. I love you guys. Stay safe out there on the streets. Um, Alex, thank you for having me, my brother. I appreciate your time as always, and I, and I love being on the show, man. I look forward to the next one. Thank you. As always, we're blessed to have the cop on the show giving us the wisdom. And we we spoke about school resource officers. There was a lot of opinion there, which we appreciate. The issue with the dog and Andrew Pollock's measures, I think it's good-hearted of him. Uphill battle, as I said earlier. And I really hope that the kinks, if any, are that are in that type of proposal are worked out because I do see somewhere 
that could be fitted in a role, not for every school maybe, but for some. And um, I would hate me personally to disregard it completely. Although the cop brought up very interesting points about in a, a school environment and the amount of traffic that is there, what the dog may be able to do and not do, as well as politicians nervously looking at their premiums for insurance. So that definitely has an uphill battle. The issue with uh, teachers having guns, he kind of discouraged it, didn't like the idea. I would venture also to say I kind of I agree with that. And one of the things that I really couldn't understand from a tactical standpoint is when police are rushing to the area, how do you determine who is who? And you have a, a person dressed in civilian attire with a gun. And that in itself is troubling. There should be some type of identifying marker. But um, I, I kind of see that as tactically not sound. You can train them very good to shoot. But they don't have a radio. They don't have a lot of resources to move around in the middle of an active shooting situation. Very dangerous for 5% extra income. So we're not there yet, folks. We have a lot to do with the school resource officers and what their duties are. For right now, their duties stay the same. Of course, there's more training to it. And thank God that they are training. I think they need to train more and more, four times a year, maybe five, maybe six, whatever it takes, because every life in every school is precious. And as long as this world has six individuals out there that are willing to kill innocent kids, harmless and without any weapons, well... There's a special freaking place for those people in hell. And speaking of special people, we have placed on our website, as I said back in episode 78 in Gung uh, Combatives, I spoke about the, LN, the LCN series on La Costa Nostra, and we're going to be talking about mafia. And I kind of indicated that that would go down in 2020, and we had plugged some in for June of 2020. Believe it or not, we're that far down the roster. But recently, in New York City, members of the Gambino family have taken matters into their own hands, and they are doing some spring cleaning, making sure that everything is nice and tight over there and making some arrangements in positioning. So we'll keep tabs on that. We will educate our listeners on the LCN series, and I might kick it up a notch because I don't know if we can wait for 2020, but for now they're going to be for 2020. A lot of information, a lot of stuff I've got. Then It's going to be well-rounded. We're just not going to pick on one or two uh, groups. We are going to move around a bit. But of course, uh, 
the American mafia has always been associated with the movie The Godfather and therefore associated with Italian-Americans. And that's unfortunate, but uh, there's where a lot of people have interest. see a lot of uh, podcasts that talk about mob talk and that their numbers are, are way up there because people have a fascination with the bad guy. So we're going to talk a little bit about the bad guy. Now, as we always say, you're going to be educated here. And part of that education is going to come through your listening and absorbing what we have for you. There's no such thing as listening to a podcast and saying, you know what, I didn't get anything out of it. You're going to take something out of what we have been saying all along in all these episodes. And you put all that in your tool chest and all of a sudden you are well informed and ready to go out to the water cooler to defend your position at any time. It's not easy, folks, but it has to be done. School resource officer, as we said, Flint, Michigan started at the end of 1950. And we've come up to now this era in 2019 where we're looking at tactical positioning for these officers and things that they might need to defend the kids and other resources. It is a tough world we live in. And we're also waiting for the next big hit someplace else. Hopefully that time never comes. But if it does, that will be the next big thing. Everybody will be concentrating on that thing and kind of forgetting where we came from. You know, a lot of people always say with the World Trade Center and the the attacks of 9-11, never forget. But the truth is a lot of people have forgotten. They've put it past and they put it behind them. And this is why we still continue to live in a very laxed world or country. And we're not really focused on what this threat might be. It's creeping up on us, and it always will. These are frightening times. These are times to make people wonder, you know, should I even go out? These are times that confrontation is more likely to happen. So you have to be prepared for that event. As I've always said, not only trained up physically and trained up um, with training on, on using weaponry and survival tactics and situational awareness, but spiritually as well. Because these attacks come at different levels. And we are always going to be attacked spiritually. And that enemy is always working where he's trying to attack our inner thoughts and hate this group and hate that person. And we shouldn't hate anybody because we all have struggles. We all go through situations. We all have opinions. We have to start learning to respect those opinions. And we have to start learning to live in a world that people just don't look like you and me. They look like a lot of other people. I don't have a problem with that, never have, and I never will. But there are so many people that don't like change. But change is a part of living. You can't stay the same. Imagine being born and staying an infant. 
after a couple of years, the cuteness would have erased and it would have been some feat being in Pampers at 40 years old. So we have to change. We have to grow. We can't stay a midget. And when I always say that, I mean mentally. Don't stay a mental midget. Don't be hoodwinked by those people out there that want to throw you into us against them. There is no us against them. You have your opinion. I have mine. You can respectfully state your opinion if you feel like it. And those that are listening should say, okay. Have you ever had an argument with somebody and at the end of the argument they shake your hand and go, you know what, I never thought of that. That's few and, bo- and that's very few uh, times do th- does that occur. Why? Because their egos, that little word, E-G-O, that ego is in the way. And it won't let that other person even hear what you're saying. You're moving your lips, you're talking, and they're just thinking of their response. Haven't heard a word you said. What a freaking shame is that. RedditCopNation.com. There's where you can find us. Scroll down all the way down the bottom. You see the icons. They will pop up. Twitter, Facebook. Uh, what else is down there? Instagram. And you can connect with us. We want you to connect with us. And we want you to keep on listening. We are happy to bring this content to you. Remember, the cost to doing this is, for you, free of charge. Why do we do it? Because we're mentoring. We're mentoring those people that are listening. Those people that are listening, those numbers are going up, 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 up. So they might be liking what they hear. That's why they're listening. Our job is to continue with our coverage. As the host of Radio Cop Nation, I cannot thank my co-hosts, my superheroes, more enough for taking time out of their schedule and bringing their knowledge to our radio network because without them, you'd be bored listening to me like you are now. Eh. Where are we going next? Well, we have... An array of shows coming up. Of course, you have uh, March 27th is PIO, Public Information Officer, with the one and only Wonder Woman. And we have been looking forward to that. And then we're going to uh, move along and come up with a couple of more shows into the month of April. Don't want to rush. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? But I can tell you. We have shows all the way up into June of 2020. Now, a hint for a show that you're going to hear in the beginning of the month of April is going to be The Forgotten Profession. And the one and lonely Delta Delta will make his debut here on Radio Cop Nation. And we're going to talk about the profession of corrections. Delta will come on and introduce himself to the audience, and we'll kind of discuss what's in store, what's coming, what subjects, and why you, the listener, needs to listen. So many people just don't know about corrections, how it ticks, why it ticks, and who the hell are those people anyway? Do I call them guards or do I call them officers? What do they do? What are their powers? 
people don't know. So we feature Delta Delta. He will have backups in the near future as well, but we're slowly rolling them out. We got a lot to talk about with the Forgotten Profession, and they uh, will be interesting to our audience. You might know somebody that got locked up. You might have a relative that got locked up. They tell you horror stories about the facilities, but the operations on how those facilities open and never close is a fascinating one that we're going to bring it to you on Raider Cop Nation. It has been my honor and my pleasure to be your host on Raider Cop Nation. Don't forget to pray for yourself, pray for your family, pray for your community, pray for the agency that serves you, and most importantly, pray for the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike signing out. And guide her through the night with a light from above, from the mountains to the prairies, to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home.
Well, it's time for the debriefing and to wrap things up. The warrior, bring back the warrior, was basically about reform. And we discussed how the previous administration wanted to do police reform. I hate to dive into that that word. If you have children inside the room or anywhere inside a vehicle where you might be listening to this podcast, please go ahead and cover their ears now so they don't hear what I'm about to say. The word that I'm speaking of is politics. Now, politics has a purpose. It is a form of manipulation that a politician may use to bend things in their liking for whatever purpose. This was to reform, allegedly, law enforcement, but it really was to subdue law enforcement. It was done on two folds. Number one, to go ahead and tell the nation there was a need for this. Lucky that I was here. Police officers are bad, all of them. And thank God that I'm here to reform that. So that was mission number one. Mission number two was to cripple law enforcement. And you can look now at all the newsreels that we see every day of disobedient citizens on simple traffic offenses. There's no need for it. But when you push that all cops are thinking the same way, then you're basically saying and you're discriminating and you're stereotyping a segment of society. Two wrongs don't make a right. There are many fine law enforcement officers that are Hispanic and African American that do the job each and every day, and they have for many, many years, but they don't get labeled. It's always the other ones. And you know who the other ones are. Not good. Identify the problems is an agency thing. And to believe that there's agencies in this country that will cover things up, that they are conspiracies, then you're saying that the state system doesn't work. Here in Florida, where I was employed for 27 years, I can tell you, that if my agency failed in any way to really investigate and enforce an incident, the scrutiny would go to the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. And that, my friends, was difficult. And of course, if the FDLE could not handle it, there was always the FBI in between hairspray investigations. There is a check and balance. There has been. You can ask Serpico. Or you can ask police corruption cases that have happened in the 60s and 70s, the NAP Commission that brought internal affairs to each agency. But today, that sinister scheme of saying, hmm, they're not being enforced or investigated it's an easy sell because our young Americans today don't know what happened 
back in the 60s and 70s, and they don't have confidence. And, of course, we always have the media that will influence their judgment. As a result, we put layers and layers on top of things that don't need layers, and they collapse. This, my friend, this reform was nothing more than showboating. But I'm worried about one thing. Not if, but when our wacky friends on the left, our Bolshevik communist friends, take power. Not if, but when. These reforms will happen faster than you can blink twice. They will deregulate. They will cripple law enforcement as we know it. And they will achieve a lot of more things. Look at all the countries that have had socialism. This is a part of the program. Don't get hoodwinked into believing that this is a need because of discriminatory practices. That's why we have a Justice Department. Some of the people that might be listening to me know all too well about the Justice Department because they've been investigated by them. Was it easy? Did you get out of it with a wink and a nod? Or are you still paying and sucking wind to try to get out of the problem? My friends, there is a check and balance. As always, it has been my honor and my pleasure to be your host on Raider Cop Nation, episode 79 in the books. Bring back the warrior. It's the only way that he or she will survive the tour and the career. Up next, episode 8080, PIO of the Public Information Officer with Wonder Woman as we start making the necessary notifications to get superhero Wonder Woman on the air. Don't forget to pray for yourself, pray for your family, pray for your community, and pray for the agency that serves you, and most importantly, pray for the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike signing out. And guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home.
Shut up.